You're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. How do you treat internet addiction? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host, and with me today is Dr. Kimberly Young, an internationally known expert on internet addiction and online behavior. Founded in 1995, she serves as the director of the Center for Internet Addiction Recovery and travels nationally conducting seminars on the impact of the internet. She is the author of Caught in the Net, the first book to address internet addiction, translated now into six languages. Welcome, Dr. Young. Well, thank you for having me. Assuming that we all agree that internet addiction is a real problem, how do you go about treating it? Obviously, you look at it as a compulsive behavior. And as such, one of the things that I focus on is cognitive behavioral therapy. I recently just published a study that looked at 114 patients over, say, three sessions, eight sessions, and 12 sessions applying cognitive behavioral techniques at six months follow-up to see if it, how sustainable treatment was and found it to be good, positive treatment outcomes, even in the long term. And taking a step back from that, what happens is the first issue usually is people, when they do admit that they have the problem and that they really want help, dealing with symptom management, from a behavioral perspective, they use the computer for work, they use the computer at school, they need to sort of readjust how that they're when they use the computer, how they're using it. And so from the behavior therapy perspective, it really is very much like treating a food addiction. You're not really going to say, okay, we'll just abstain and, you know, that's the answer because it really isn't a practical approach. I mean, you're really looking at how are you going to live with the computers but make better choices about what you're doing on it and also identifying underlying factors contributing it because even if you compare it to food addiction, I mean, food in and of itself isn't the problem. It's the a lot of times the issue, the symptom surrounding all the other problems in your life. So you have to figure out maybe it's a problem when you are depressed, you eat. When you're when you have an argument with your spouse, you eat. When you're you know whatever is going on, it becomes the source of nurturing, the source of comfort. Same thing with the internet. It becomes this place where you can escape into, but you're still not kind of confronting those those life issues. So the first issue is really dealing with the computer. When they use it, what they do, I have people keep an internet time log and get a, a sense of when it is that they're actually going online. We have a sense at all, statistics-wise, of how common this problem is? No, we really don't have anything solid that I can point to. In 1999, there was a study that was presented at the American Psychological Association based on a survey that was done in conjunction with ABC News, and it, it suggested about 6% of the people that responded fit the criteria for Internet addiction. But, you know, we're still talking about something so new that we don't have the same kind of data that you would say for alcoholism or substance abuse in general. A lot of times I, I say anything from 5 to 10% might be the prevalence of the problem because that falls into the ballpark of, whether we're talking about gambling or food or sex or drugs or alcohol, addictive behaviors generally fall in those percentiles. I think, well, maybe it probably falls into that. So you're talking about 5 to 10% of users. But the other issue, especially for treating professionals, is, is actually seeing clients with this problem that admit it because it, it really becomes much more of a hidden problem until it gets bad enough that a spouse brings you in or that you acknowledge, gosh, yeah, I lost everything and I, I need to stop this. So are there treatment programs specific to internet addiction? In this country, what happens 
and I say this because I have talked to people that are in China that run the the treatment facility in Beijing, China. And it's one of the first that is completely devoted to Internet addiction and only that. And like in Germany, there's an Internet addiction treatment camp and facility that they use. But what happens is here in America, it seems like you take a rehab hospital and you add this as a component. Like I've seen several inpatient rehab hospitals that will have what they treat, and the list will be inclusive drugs, alcohol, gambling, sex, and the Internet. And so you see it as more adjunctive to treatment programs that are already in existence than I think full-scale treatment centers just devoted to Internet addiction. Is there an Internet Anonymous? There are some, and the, the irony is they're online. But I think what happens is that it's not as silly as it sounds. I mean, a lot of people say, well, isn't that like treating, you know, having an AA meeting at a bar? If, like, for example, there's a, there's a site that I recommend called Online Gamers Anonymous. And a lot of times gamers, you know, they're playing the World of Warcraft or Halo, and they are spending so much time on the Internet, they know what the problem. The first place most addicts will look when it comes to the Internet, is the Internet for support and services. The second thing is it is where they're comfortable, and they're not going to visit these sites because they think it's a joke. They're saying, I want help. I don't know how to get help. They're generally, again, socially isolated individuals that it's very difficult and or embarrassing to go to the doctor and to actually make an appointment with a doctor for this. So they said, well, I can maybe at least get some help. And if it offers any comfort and, and guidance that they're not alone and validation that this really is a problem, I think I'm in great support of those. I mean, I don't think that they cover all the problems that possibly a patient could bring to the situation, but it becomes a really good starting place, I think. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is international Internet addiction expert, Dr. Kimberly Young. We are discussing treatment strategies for Internet addiction. So, Kim, it sounds to me like we really have kind of two tiers almost. We've got what's happening abroad and what's happening in the United States with respect to treatment. And I never thought about it until probably this last year as I noticed, say, the detox center in Amsterdam opening up and the Internet Rehab Center in Beijing, China opening up and realizing they're actually excelling more at treatment and putting in that infrastructure than I would say we are, although I have worked a lot across the country with different rehab centers who are adding Internet addiction as another component of their, their treatment options, you know, so that it, it really is something that... I think a lot of people in the addiction field say, you know, addiction's addiction. It doesn't matter if it's to, to, you know, food or the Internet. You're really trying to do the same things in terms of treatment. Now, are there any outcome studies showing that treatment actually has an effect? I have a, one treatment study that looks at cognitive behavioral therapy. I know that there's a couple of studies that have been out there looking at support groups, and they look at a couple of controlled groups versus getting treatment for Internet addiction in terms of some initial data and symptom management. And it's still, again, so new that I don't think we have the big-scale studies that you see, for example, associated with, say, substance abuse and long-term studies. But at least for 114 patients that I know that I've worked with in six months, they were able to avoid relapse, which is probably the bigger issue relapse is a mouse click away. They can go right back to whatever they were doing. 
the moment they sit at the computer. So that's a big part of dealing with cognitive behavioral therapy and intervening with addicts related to the Internet. How are they going to use the computer? How are they going to handle the triggers, the warning signs? Can they get up? Can they distract themselves? Can they not engage in the problem behavior? Now, sometimes you you have filtering software that you're even using in a clinical approach where you put on, you know, the filters to block porn. Like, for example, I might have a lawyer that needs access to legal research databases, but he's addicted to online porn. And, you know, we put on the filters and we did a lot of that on the computer, so at least that behavior was controlled. But the real issue was also dealing with a lot of issues with his marriage, a lot of other sexual compulsivity issues, just compulsive issues with alcoholism and so forth. So it's usually not one thing. And so it probably becomes harder to understand a long-term outcome because it's new, and a lot of people aren't even screening for it still. Is there a precedent for treating other addictions online? Are there Alcoholics Anonymous meetings online? It seems like that might be a natural. You know, there are. I think for every everything, I mean, in terms of like, eating disorders to, like you say, alcoholism to drug addiction. There's a lot of online support groups. And again, some new research is starting to show that these are just as effective as physical support groups. And sometimes what happens for an individual is that they don't have the time to get to their AA meeting during the week, but they can go online or they have like a daily meeting where during their lunch hour they can go online. And it seems to fit their lifestyle better. So it may not just be the problem. It may be part of the solution as well. It is the irony of it that it is part of the problem, but it's also part of the solution. Now, you've talked about the differences between programs, say, in Germany or China and here. Do you see that the, the actual problem differs across cultures? I do. I see that, for example... In China, as a, as a clear example, or Taiwan or Korea, it seems that gaming, these interactive role-playing games where young people can take on characters and fight and you know, engage in like almost military-style scenarios, is a much more distinct problem and universal problem than, I would say, in America. In the United States, it seems to be more of a mishmash. I mean, granted, it, it could be games, but it could also be instant messaging systems, porn, affairs and things like that on the internet. One interesting statistic in terms of online affairs is the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers did a survey of of their divorce lawyers and found like in 63% of the cases of divorce related to online affairs. So for America, it seems that we have some different issues as to what applications are becoming a problem. There hasn't been the big global study that says, okay, this is, these are definitely the cultural differences and, and why, you know, we're really only speculating, but at least from these kind of reports, we're starting to see that there are these differences. Is there any work yet looking at medications to treat internet addiction? No, not that I'm aware of, but I think that that would be the next step in looking at this. Would antidepressants or something like that uh, be applicable patients suffering from this, but there's there's no studies that I'm aware of. Yeah, you just wonder if interrupting the reward circuitry, some of the medicines we're now looking at in alcoholism and other substance abuse. I think those studies would probably guide us in looking at it for, for compulsive behavior. When I do talk to people that deal with alcoholism, they a lot of times tend to say, well, this would probably be applicable to anything, whether it's gambling or, or internet or sex. 
So it's really in terms of medication as, as an intervention. It, I would probably use those as models. Now, can you give us some resources um, online, of course, if people want to know more information, where they can look? Well, obviously, we have our website at www.medaddiction.com. Beyond that, there's, I think, information in terms of like addictionresearch.com gives a wonderful variety of information on all kinds of addiction resources. I think doing any kind of keyword search on Internet addiction will help you also just find available resources. Probably one of the bigger problems is is finding local providers that are knowledgeable with this. So hopefully shows like this will help promote some awareness. Well, thank you so much, Kim. I appreciate you being on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. We've been discussing treatment strategies for Internet addiction with the director of the Center for Internet Addiction Recovery, Dr. Kimberly Young. I am Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.